Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops for psychological operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. Welcome to the 271st consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. Feigning happiness and good feelings is your host currently, Court, sitting here all alone in the studio with an extremely healthy social distance of the entire fucking city between me and my co-host, Matt. I'm so far away from you. I long for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I may end up selling off uh, the side of the gear that I have for the second person in the studio and just uh, keep it this way forever. I, you know, it's been working. <laughs> Although I think we lose a little something not being in the studio. Uh, what I lose is my ability to not be able to breathe and smell you. Um, that's out of the studio. Yeah, I know. And you're sad about that. You miss my musk. <laughs> well, considering that you were a Kevin Smith smell-alike before he lost the weight, then no. Fuck, dude. Ow. <laughs> I don't smell bad. <laughs> I like shower every day. Yeah, but that's assuming that you think Kevin Smith smells bad. I just said uh, you smell like him. But, oh, well, there, yeah, okay. You know what? Fuck you. You, <laughs> you put a little something on there. 
<laughs> you know you did. Oh, I. it's a double-edged sword. It's set up because either way I could accuse you of fat shaming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or do what I just did there and be like, well, do you honestly just believe Kevin Smith smells bad? Maybe I meant that as a compliment. I, I, see, it's hard for me to say that because you don't ever really compliment me. <laughs> do something worth complimenting, all right? No, I'm just saying that's why I took it as an insult. <laughs> I'm not your fucking parents, man. I'm not going to just sit here and coddle you and tell you that everything's all right when you constantly fuck up and suck. Wow. God damn. All right. <laughs> fuck it. It got real in here. <laughs> Coincidentally, that's how my dad used to talk to me as a kid. So there you go. Jesus, are you all right, man? Do you need a helper? Oh, uh, no, I'm fine. It's just, you know, we're all going to fucking die and it's the end of the goddamn world and it's our own stupid fucking fault and everything fucking blows. But hey, we're doing another fucking show this week. Fuck it, hey, man. Might as well keep this thing going until the fucking Armageddon gets here. Well, it's like I said, this show will continue going until I'm on a respirator and can't talk to make the show or edit yeah. it or I die. One of those two things but, happen. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep going regardless. But wait, what if I die? Then I'll get another co-host, a better co-host, an upgrade co-host, someone that knows what they're doing. Ow. <laughs> and then I'll keep right. going. <laughs> Some fucking painful shit you got running around over here. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I removed the nice filter for a second where I kiss your ass for no good fucking reason. Yeah, can we can we can we put that filter back on? It would be nice. <laughs> What's the fucking yeah. point, man? <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking know, man. What, what's your fucking point? <laughs> no, I mean, what's what's the point? What's the point of being overtly kiss-ass just to make you feel good? Is that what you need? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hit, hit the nail on the head on that one. <laughs> all right. Well, given all the education that Matt now currently has in Euro horror and foreign horror, he should be able to tackle the nuances of Paganini horror, which is our movie this week, quite well. I think he's poised to really pull out a review that's going to blow all of your minds people now matt when they're all fucking disappointed and that all being a big fucking lie that's your fault fuck well all right i didn't think this one through it's uh, some fucking horse shit man <laughs> it's okay everybody everybody come here everybody we're all here guy in the back yeah yeah he's he, he's like fuck you i don't know what his problem is all right well he's banned he's not allowed to listen to the show anymore go on yeah Get the fuck out of there here. you go we've been hemorrhaging listeners like crazy anyway so you don't really fucking matter to me anymore yeah none of you all right now the real listeners Everybody, get in here. Yeah. Everybody, come here. Come on. I think they're here. It's so fucking close. We can taste it, everybody. Yeah, Just so close. be cool. Everyone be fucking cool. Hey, hey, put the phone away. Oh, oh, you're turning us up? That's fine. Sorry, I didn't. Sorry. Okay. Look, <laughs> everybody, we've got like two fucking weeks left in October. Get your fucking shit together and watch some Halloween-related stuff. If you haven't done it yet in the month, that's fine. But get your shit together. I'm even covering horror movies and Halloween-related stuff on this show all of October. For every single October release. Sorry. Everybody get your shit together and watch some fucking Halloween related stuff for the next two weeks. Now, after this episode is released, we've got, what, seven total days? Because Halloween's on like a Saturday, maybe less. So everybody, that is one week left to cram all of your favorites in. I'm hitting 300 this month. I'm real fucking close. I'm at like 190 right now already. Nice. Uh, It's not all movies and it's not all like horror stuff. It is horror or Halloween adjacent. And so I'm doing like Halloween episodes of TV shows like... I did the zombie episode from Community that they did ages and ages ago. Oh, okay. For an example, I'm counting every episode I'm watching of Tales from the Crypt and shit like that. You know, it's only 20 minutes.
minutes, but I got to hit 300 somehow. I can't just watch like every fucking Stephen King miniseries and hit 300. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm real fucking close. I think I'm going to do it, Matt. All I have to do is just, I just have to live through the next, I was of this recording this week and the week after that. And if I can hit it, man, if I can get there, that's going to be like an all time personal best. I came real close. I came to like 250 last time last year. And that was watching all sorts of different stuff. This year, I'm consciously making sure that I watch things to try and make this happen. I got to hit 10 things a day. That's usually 10 hours or more a day of horror or Halloween related stuff. This has been a bit of a chore. And you would think I'd be sick of it, but this is probably the second most fun I've ever had during the month of October. The only one that beat it was when we did the Draft House of Horrors thing for Alamo Draft House last year, whenever there wasn't a pandemic to fuck that all up for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Because that, that, <laughs> that was like a guaranteed theater viewing every night in the month of October if I wanted it. Yeah. And living through this now, I really fucking want to go back to the theater. Right? Get <laughs> get some get some good times going in on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's according to our governor, it's perfectly safe as long as I can stay six feet away from someone in an enclosed space where the air doesn't move and this thing is airborne. It's perfectly yeah. safe. Oh, yeah. That sounds perfectly safe. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't sound safe at all. It sounds like we're really fucked. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if theaters are even going to survive. So this is the closest thing I'm going to get to be able to actually celebrate Halloween the way that I want to. And that's why I want to hit 300 because it's, yeah, it's kind of the only time to do it. It's it's going to be excessive out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, That's everybody. You not can, wrong. Everybody, you can back up now. I just wanted That's to make sure you're all listening. When I said this, get your horror and or Halloween related stuff in now. Celebrate the fucking holiday because you don't know what's going to happen next. So enjoy the little things while you can. Everybody get back. Sit back. Relax. Go back to your seats. Everybody get comfortable. I didn't tell everybody to take a knee. I don't know why they did. That was just fucking that, weird. Th- that was just nice of them. You know, I think they're just trying to show you some respect on that. And I didn't feel like I deserved it there. I just asked everybody to huddle up. That just felt weird. Yeah. Total up. Come on. All right. So this week I did get the music from the soundtrack because Severn was nice enough to include a soundtrack CD as well. So we'll have some good music that comes out of the movie. Well, good quality recording, not distorted bad, hissy sounding. Yeah. All right. The I gotcha. S- the score is decent, but the band songs that I included, I, I had to include because it's a movie's about a band. So I had to put that in there. Yeah, <laughs> of course it exists. So I did it. And now we have that. Um, so we got the music and we got the Paganini horror, Paganini horror, Paganini Horner. Yeah. This is directed by Luigi Cozy. Not really known for doing much more than basically low budget schlockfest knockoff type movies, but he did a lot of work with other horror directors and was like an assistant director on a lot of things. So he's a really big part of the scene. Although a mm-hmm. lot of his movies are more like, well, he did Star Crash. Everybody that's seen Star Crash knows what I mean when I say he did Star Crash. That was his movie. It's a weird Star Wars rip off of a flick so he's one of those kind of experts but like he's definitely a better filmmaker than say bruno Mattei. but that's not really saying a lot yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. you're not wrong there's there's a few things that luigi cozy does that you know really really works and really really kind of everything just kind of is lightning in a bottle and it's awesome even when it's like the cheesier weird stuff like star crash yeah uh one of the things that he did was he recut the original godzilla and added a bunch of scenes for the italian release which is known as the Kojizilla or something like that, I think is what it's called as a special cutout there. Um, oh. Yeah, he got sued for that or something, or they they made that get destroyed from Toho. <laughs> but it existed. Damn. It was a thing that he 
he did. Um, so just wanted to give everybody a little bit of a rundown on Luigi Cozy because I don't think we've talked about him before. I don't know if we've really done one of his movies knowingly, but I mean, this is the guy who did an alien ripoff called Contamination, which is one of the best, worst alien ripoffs of all time. I mean, if you're gonna have an alien ripoff, it should be that one. <laughs> yeah, it should be Contamination, which I don't think you've seen. What you saw was the Bruno Mattei, which is significantly oh, worse. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Everything Bruno Mattei is always significantly worse. Yeah, it, yeah. usually you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we ever watch a good Bruno Mattei movie, I'm just going to lose my shit. I won't be able to handle it. They'll be like, what the fuck is going on right now? The question is... This week, did we watch a good Luigi Cozy film? Everybody's going to have to hang in the air on that one because we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play the Legion GoFundMe promo. We'll have a little <laughs> bit of music that we yanked right out of the Paganini Horror. And when we come back, we'll do the review and have the official trailer. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time. And when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand scale take a penny, leave a penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar for those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com on our Facebook group page or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.
so now that I'm listening to the music without watching the shit that's happening in the movie while they're performing it, uh, yeah. I'm going to back up and say that I like the score, but I kind of dug that song. Not really my oh. thing, but I can see what they're going for, and I like the hook, and I like the way they had the synthesized program bass line working in conjunction with the drums. I caught myself kind of nodding the head to the rhythm a little bit while I was waiting for the time to pass just long enough to give the illusion that we have full-fledged segments on here, not just us waiting through the song. I mean, yeah, we definitely don't just wait through the song. That's just that's just ridiculous talk. What's really <clears> funny <throat> is some podcasts just say, we're going to take a little break, and then they pause. Yeah. Maybe they record another segment, but they don't take a break. We sit there and listen to the song, which is kind of like a break, but sometimes, depending on the music, it's torture. Yeah, right. Sometimes we're sitting there like, why are we doing this to ourselves? And I'm the one that picks it, so I'm even more like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, why are you doing this to yourself? Keep that question in mind while we listen to this trailer. <laughs> Today in this house, a contract has been stipulated between Niccolò Paganini and the devil, wherein the musician is granted eternal fame in exchange for his soul. Signed, Paganini and Satan. do something like that, wouldn't he? Right. A man doesn't turn into a... trailer well i mean that that was a fucking trailer all right 
Um, it visually displays a lot of stuff in the movie and plays the title at the end in writing like a lot of these Italian trailers do. So, you know. <laughs> they it is what it is. Yeah, they dub everything over there. I, most of the films in Italy, I don't even know if they still do this or not, but for the longest time, the tradition was they didn't record sound on the day. They just filmed and then they overdubbed everything because they had to dub everything anyway for all of these different markets that they were selling to. So, of course. So no matter what, every single Italian film is dubbed. It's just the nature of the film where the huh. performances. So in a lot of cases, whenever it doesn't match up, it's not just because you're listening to the English dub. In the Italian dub, sometimes things don't quite feel right and match up, even if you're watching with subtitles, just because they're dubbing it too then. Yeah. That's just their tradition. Huh. That's just the way they make the movies. That's how it works. I've probably said that a couple of times already on this show, but whatever, I'm rambling tonight. There you go. Fuck it. Uh, all right. Well, the Pagini Horror. Uh, uh, we start out with the first 20 minutes here. Little girl's coming home uh, from school. Her mom is deciding to take a bath. Uh, the girl finishes her violin practice, and she visits with her mom. And her mom's like, hey, you know, did you get all your stuff done, your practice? And she said yes, and the mom's like, good. And then the daughter sticks his doll, which the doll has like a fucking skull head on it, but has hair, into the water. She then takes a blow dryer and starts drying it, then looks and decides, fuck it, and throws the dryer in the water, or in the hair dryer in the water, killing the mom, electrocuting her. Because, you know, fuck it. <laughs> I'm thinking pretty much everybody's been there. They wouldn't yeah. have done it, but they have thought the same thing. Like, how well do the GFIs in my house actually work? She was like, she she was no fucks given. Just she was like, let's do this fucking thing. <laughs> she <laughs> she has a little matricide just to see if she could make her mama die. She all like want to kill her birthing person. That's nice. So. Uh, uh, so then we cut to a band and they're recording a, a new song and it's obviously not going well and it actually leads to our very first clip. So you don't like this one either, huh? It's the same old stuff. There's nothing original about it. I know. It's the violin, but it's essential to the sound. No, it's not the violin. It's the whole song that doesn't make it. There's something missing. I know the difference between a hit and the mundane. Oh, really? Let's hear it, then. If you knew what it was, we wouldn't be here discussing it. If you ask me, your creativity has fallen on its ass. You keep doing the same stupid things over and over again. I cannot make million-selling records all the time. I just can't. Yeah, but this one wouldn't sell a thousand, Kate. It's anonymous. Boring. I'd rather not even record the thing. Well, I have to record it now, Lavinia. People are already asking for it. Yeah, but this isn't it, honey. Find another song. Something new. Something mind-blowing and sensational. That's what people expect from you. Another hit. Not rehashed bullshit. Oh, my God. I don't know. I can't seem to come out with anything else. I don't know. Then find someone else that can write a new song for you. Someone that can do what you no longer seem capable of. Or maybe you're all washed up already. Finished. Finished? I'm not finished, and I'm going to show you. All right, so did you recognize the fucking song? No, but, I mean, it sounded like every other 80s song. There's a really good reason why it sounded like an 80s song to you. It was fucking living on a prayer. Oh, are you kidding me? No, the bass line was dun 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 dun. Yeah, that's true. It was. Here, here, Holy shit. Here, I'll play a little bit of it yeah. for you. Okay, ready? Da, 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 
right there. Hear it? Yep. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, um, I mean, Living on the Prayer is probably the most ultimate fucking 80s song that was ever created. Like, it's very much the fucking 80s. So I think at the time it must have been super popular or something that they decided to do that. But it's very clearly heavily influenced by <laughs> Living on a Prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the drummer. Oh, no, the- you give love a bad name. See, I don't. You give. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yes. L- love. Okay, sorry, I got my Bon Jovi mixed up there. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> What's really funny is there's probably some Bon Jovi fans that are like really fucking pissed that I got it backwards, uh, and I don't care. How fucking dare you, Court? <laughs> get something easily wrong, wrong. <laughs> I will say this. Those two songs sound a lot alike anyway to me. Uh, And also, John Bon Jovi is actually a pretty good dude. He has like a whole like humanitarian project that he works with and he does dishes in a soup kitchen even in the middle of his the pandemic he's doing this like and helping out. So Oh, that's awesome. He's actually a All good right. dude. I may not be yeah. a big fan of his music, but that's some stuff that I want to say on a positive forum. There you go. Yeah, sounds like a good dude. It's just good. You like it. You like that. You like when people are nice. Yeah, he's a good guy who doesn't deserve to have one of his songs <laughs> yanked and put into an Italian horror film <laughs> with some well, weird lyrics thrown over top of it. We all have to bear our crosses. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, so uh, the drummer dude for the band, he's kind of listening to them going off. So he meets with, well, it's Dr. Loomis. Uh, that's how I always refer to Donald Plants. That's just Dr. Loomis. Donald Pleasance um, in this being dubbed really fucked with me because they dubbed his voice with somebody else and it didn't sound right. And they must not have been able to afford to bring Pleasance in to dub because he would have totally done it. Like he was a yeah. working actor. He just wanted a paycheck, you know, that's all he really needed. He did some amazing stuff. He did some not so great stuff. He just wanted to work and he totally yeah. would have done it. They probably just couldn't afford it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And that's sad because, yeah, he's got an amazing voice. Right. You that's know, why you fucking hire him. Sure. You don't hire yeah. him because he looks good on screen. You hire him because he's got an amazing voice. Yeah. And he looks great on screen. Exactly. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> Best Blofeld ever. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he meets with Dr. Loomis, and Dr. Loomis sells him a sheet of music, and the sheet is in a case, and the code to the case is 666. No so, alarm bell's going off there for anybody, apparently. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all fine. Well, that same dude plays that music for the ladies, and that is our next clip. This is the song for Kate. Do you like it? Yeah, sure, that's nice. We should be able to come up with a winner out of that. Right, Kate? Yeah, I like it a lot. But where did you find it? It's a long story. Let's just say that there's an interesting little secret behind it. What secret? It's a song written by Niccolo Paganini. I have the original parchment, the real thing. Do you mean Paganini, the famous Italian violinist? Yeah. Oh, really? But that means it's well-known, even though it's public domain. We can't use it. Hold it, Lavinia. This song was never published before. Never published? That's right. Paganini wrote this song 200 years ago for some secret use, some secret sect that held mysterious ceremonies at night. Don't you know about it? No. They say he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for fame and wealth. Hey, you guys, don't you realize what this means if Daniel really has the original? We can use the title Paganini Horror. It's going to be fantastic, sensational. I can see it. People are going to love the music. No one has ever done anything remotely like it before, except for Michael Jackson with Thriller and his fantastic video clip. 
we could do the same. Yeah, it's a great publicity idea. We hire Mark Singer, the director, the king of horror. <gasps> Are you serious? No one else could do justice to it. We'll shoot the video clip in some lonely house. The kind that scares you just to look at it. I know just the place. La Casa di Sol, the house of the Kyoji, where musicians and composers lived many centuries ago. Yes, I know it. And I know the girl who bought it, Sylvia. She's a reasonable woman, I think. That's it. That's our house, my friends. The house of Kate's video clip of Paganini and Ghosts. Okay, something's so, not right here. Yeah, right. All of this seems a little off, but I like how whoever, whatever they dubbed, this is the song for Kate. <laughs> that seems oddly specific, really aggressive. Well, Kate. the film is kind of implying that Kate got desperate and did something, and this is what's being delivered to her. Yeah. It doesn't really I, come right out and say it. Not yet, at least. Yeah, not until the end. But by doing it this way and the case that opens up with a 666 and having Donald Pleasance show up and not claim that he looked into the blackest eyes yes. <laughs> and saw that there was nothing there but, you know, purely and simply evil. Uh, I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. <laughs> you don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> the most dubbed Donald Pleasance line in that movie is when we're complaining about dubbed Donald Pleasance here. Um, yeah, yeah, right. All right, so let's let's back up here. So. All of the circumstances of what's happening here, I think the film does a good job of visually saying what's going on with Kate and that she's been struggling and now this epiphany has been brought to her in the form of a case that opens with a 666. It's heavily implying to the point where if you were savvy, you'd be able to pick it up. If you were completely oblivious and still wanting to vote Republican, I mean, and just not not really know what's going on in the world. I mean, if you were just completely oblivious and not paying attention, all all those things apply. I just, there's no way around this, Matt. Uh, But Like, if you're just not really cognizant of what's happening here, those little visual clues don't really mean anything to you. But for someone like me who is constantly looking for what's the angle this movie's going to take, those clues were very much appreciated to be this early on and this kind of overt, really, about it. Yes. And well, then we cut to, we see a person in a mask is walking about, and then we see the lead singer lady, and she wakes up, and she's in a gown, and she doesn't know where she is. She explores, and she hears a voice for her to, to come to him, is what she says, come to me. Uh, and, uh, and then in a room, she finds a coffin uh, that's, that's, like, blanket draped over it, then with a violin on top of it. Um, then she reads the contract for Pagini selling his soul. Then the weird mask dude, he busts out of the coffin and starts stabbing her repeatedly in the stomach. And we see they're just in the middle of making the music video. The manager talks to the owner of the house, and that is our next clip. The legend, it was right here in this Venetian house that Paganini sealed his agreement with the devil and then killed his bride, Antonia, and used her intestines as strings for the violin that he played from then on. In fact, Paganini's violin had really a unique sound. Maybe because the strings played forever the screams of his poor bride. It really is a horrible story. Mm. Just one of the many concerning the great Italian violinist, but they're only fairy tales. Of course. I don't believe any of it either. You were fantastic, Kate. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks, Eleanor. You were both great. This scene will knock him dead. <laughs> you sure the censor won't decide to cut it out? 
Well, I mean, it's a video clip. It's not one of your horror movies, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about her. I know what to do. You and the girls go change, Kate. We shoot the song next. Okay, girls. Let's go. That's a good idea. Mark, could you, you come here a second? Girl? <laughs> this is Sylvia. She owns this house. Hello. Nice to meet you. Do you know that your last picture kept me awake nights? Really? Mm-hmm. That's my job as a filmmaker. To scare people. <laughs> then there's my job. To pay and pay and pay. So, kind of get an idea behind the story of uh, Pagini and what happened to him after he apparently sold his soul. He gutted his girlfriend and used her intestines as uh, the strings. So, that's that's got to be a mean-sounding... Uh, uh, violin there. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but violin strings used to be made with catgut. Really? Yeah, they would do Jeez. basically what they were kind of describing there, where they would dry it out, stretch it, dry it out, stretch it, and then they would cut it from that, and that's what the strings used to be made of. A lot of, uh, for like the longest fucking time, like well into the 20 aughts era, there are still people that swear by it, and that's all they'll play for like violins and things like that. Although some people have switched over to sort of like a synthetic version that has the exact same feel, but is cruelty-free, which would be like a cat gut string i guess right you call it but i mean that was something that they made these kinds of strings out of so him making strings out of his girlfriend's guts while completely insane is also kind of logically sound in that that is how they are made or were at the time that he would have done that just not from humans obviously yeah obviously now if he would have used her <laughs> the bone on her forehead um of her skull if he would have cut that away that ch chunk of bone he could have carved a really nice bridge that would have complemented her gut strengths hey dude dude it's one of those times where you you should probably shh <laughs> right <laughs> yeah 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 this is being recorded <laughs> and I'm anyway gonna, i'm gonna put it out on the internet so maybe i should just stop there yeah Anyway, that ends that 20 minutes of our uh, of the first 20 minutes of the movie. So you got some good setup here. Uh, we we kind of have an idea of what's coming up here. So you kind of know where this movie's getting ready to go. And you're into it. Can I get a ruling on the pseudo-dream sequence into video on your opinion on that? I sort of like that. Um, I like it because I was like, holy shit, the hell, they killed her already. And I was like, well, is she having a dream? Or, and then when it was the video, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fucking convenient. And that's nice. So, because you knew they're going to shoot it. I liked it. I personally liked it. I liked that it was fresh enough that it went from a dream sequence, which we see all the goddamn time in Italian giallos like this, where someone's having a foreshadowing nightmare or like a repressed memory comes to the surface or something like that in a nightmare. And it goes into play later where they did that same kind of trope but then morphed it a little bit into the shooting of the video where it's all part of the video and we're just kind of watching it and then it goes into the making of video. That part of it I did like, but I was kind of irritated by a dream sequence thing because I was like, oh my God, how many more of these are we going to endure in horror movies? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. dream sequences are just a way for a director to really just kind of stretch their wings and see what it is that they can do that's weird and visual and fun and trippy and they can do it under the guise of a nightmare so they can get away with it and then that becomes like their highlight reel so i don't i don't hate the dream sequence stuff that much but it has become a full-fledged trope even in the 80s when this film was put out but i do like the little spin that cozy did turning it into a video as well so it made it less of a hassle for me which is as close as you're going to get me to liking a dream sequence unless it's done really really well 
I gotcha. Unless it's like a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of thing that will move yeah. dream sequences, but you know. So then it's all supposed to be a dream sequence on that one. Right. And I also <laughs> I also don't mind if everything's really kind of dreamlike when Lucio Fulci does that and you don't feel, you can't tell what the fuck is going on with some of his later horror output. Like by the time the Beyond comes in and you just never know if the whole thing's a goddamn nightmare or what the fuck is going on, then when things are surrealistic and a character wakes up, I'm fine with that. But like if you're doing like a straightforward type horror film, like this was done the whole way through and then it goes mm-hmm. into a dream sequence i find it jarring and i almost did with this one until they turned it into the rock video so that's what i'm saying is i, I feel like they saved uh, it. i gotcha and i completely agree with you too uh it sets up the movie really well in the first 20 minutes i already kind of gave my little spiel about the setup with the how the music was delivered to her and it really heavily implies what's going on with making her get this music and i think there's some visual elements in the music video besides the fact that paganini's there to do some murdering if you look around the way they're doing the room and some of the stuff they're setting up and they're even relying on the fact that Paganini sold his soul for the music and now she's taking some of that music to make her own and they're playing that up but at the same time there's some visual clues and things like that in what they're trying to do with the video that indicates you know fame for the price of your soul it's setting that all up and moving us forward to our next 20 minutes here yes well we begin the next 20 minutes we see Dr. Loomis walking about and then uh, he goes to the top of a tower and then he starts tossing all the money he was paid to calling all the money little demons and telling it to fly away so that the real ones could come and take it their place uh we have more of the video shoot happening and they finish up and the girls go to change and one stays behind she's fixing her makeup well just then smoke starts pouring into the room and a new guy in a mask comes in and he starts stabbing her in the throat killing her so we got our first kill relatively good timed you know, this is about when you want it. So, He's, uh, good job, movie. The, the stabbing he's doing here is with that dagger with the treble clef musical note thing at the end of it, right? No, this is the violin dagger. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's like two different ones. He uses, yes. at one point in time, there's like a musical note dagger that has like a treble clef thing at the end of it. And it's like gold and looks more like a letter opener, but they're using it as a dagger. Yes, he, that's the, later on. This time, it was the one. Okay, so the first in the music video was just a regular knife, though. But then we do see the gold knife later on. But now the violin knife thing is working and it's a golden violin it's important to note that yes i just also wanted to point out that the where the blade comes out on the violin doesn't make a lot of sense if you're going to be playing said violin you would not want a knife coming out that portion because that's like right where you put your neck right and rest your chin on the damn thing i mean if you one slight miss move and miss note you're dead right like you're slicing your own throat with a switchblade you know it may not go super deep because i don't know if people know this or not but the springs of a switchblade aren't really strong enough to actually make piercing happen or at least like not drive it in like you saw in the newest version of it it doesn't work like that it might poke a hole and it might cut you and make a a nasty mark and enough of a little like puncture wound from the very end of the blade but it's going to bounce back off and then the way that the springs are set up it's just going to break free and reset the whole system for doing the switchblade uh, i know yeah. that on personal experience because i've opened them up on my finger before and had wow. that or you know just opened it up and hit myself with it just to see what would happen <laughs> Yeah, you know and it it does it pokes a hole in you but it's not like the whole blade won't go through your fucking hand or into your throat or anything like that but still you don't want a switchblade in a violin to be right there where your throat is because what if it goes across and has enough force to cut yeah exactly then you're dead right so yeah uh, not not the best idea in the world. So anyway, um, the group tries to figure out what happened uh, to this girl and also what they're going to do about the video. Uh, and all this happens in our next clip. She's not in the makeup room. She's not in the dressing room. She's She's gone. She's disappeared. 
That puts us in shit, in deep shit. What the hell ever made me accept this deal? Come on, Mark. Do something. Come up with an idea. What idea? Uh, I'm supposed to tell you, considering what I'm paying you. I don't know what idea. Something that will let us finish this video without Rita. If she wants to take off, there's nothing we can do to stop her. Anyway, I'll worry about her tomorrow when I can talk to my lawyers. But in the meantime, we have this video to finish. We can't finish the video with just the two girls. It's not enough. So you replace her, Daniel. You play the girl, right? The third girl. Right. With a wig and lipstick. Look, Lavinia, I love you, but don't talk bullshit, okay? <laughs> I'm not kidding, Daniel. Better youth than nobody. You know that I'm under contract to another record label. Playing the role of Paganini is one thing. I'm covered by a mask. I'm no more than a mannequin. But to appear in person, Lavinia, forget it. You said it, Daniel. You said mannequin. Yeah. Well? Well, mannequins. That's the solution. Mannequins? Yes. What are you talking about, Mark? You sing, Kate. Backed up by Elena in the midst of an entire orchestra. An orchestra of dummies. Mannequins. I saw even more. Lots of them. Through there, in one of the other rooms. You're right. I saw them, too. A whole orchestra of mannequins. Yes. It'll add a touch of the weird to the video clip. Mannequins backing Kate, enveloped in smoke. You'll let us use them, won't you? All right. No problem. <laughs> I'll go get them. You guys rehearse in the meantime. Sure. That guy's really into the idea of a quote unquote touch of the weird, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh he's really into this, but he's a type of filmmaker, so you know, more power to him, I guess. Yeah, well they they make him experimental or they say a bunch of other things about him. I think it's like a stand in for Luigi Ocasi. Uh oh, okay. Luigi Cosi, because um I don't know exactly how to say this, but he is a tremendous fan of Dario Argento. And so there's okay. there's a lot of things where what Dario Argento has done, Luigi Cosi kind of takes his own crack at it or does something similar to that just because he so idolizes him that he wants to emulate him as best he can there's no real ill will in it other than he's just an ultra fan um it'd be like, it'd be like me trying to make george romero style movies basically yeah. I got you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And Dario has a thing where he will have a stand-in for himself in the movie in some way, shape, or form. Like in opera, he had a guy who was a horror movie director who wanted to direct operas, and everybody thought he was shit just because he was a horror director, and they were giving him shit and all of that. And that is based on Dario's actual experience trying to direct an opera and getting that same kind of attitude from a lot of the people that were involved in it. And I do believe the director of this music video is a stand-in for Luigi Cosi because he's like, well, we don't have a lot of money and we got this problem here. So for the solution, let's just get a little weird with it and do this. Because as you've seen with the movie so far and some of the things that I've described with Luigi Cosi's other career, when he's got limitations, his solution is to very much just let's get weird with it and see what we can do. <laughs> well, fuck it. <laughs> hey, I think it's worked for him so far in this film because it's set yeah. up well and they're it's clear they don't got a lot of money and they don't got a lot of stuff to go around to make all of these big concepts happen. But what he's doing with it is he's just getting a little weird and just like trying to make it work that way. Yeah, I mean, fuck it, and, and it. Hey, let him, let him go. You know, <laughs> it, right. it, you want to put your uh, uh, image of yourself in a film? Fuck it, why not? <laughs> well, yeah, there's that, but also, 
um, you know, that's something that Argento did. So he's just kind of, you know, nodding back to someone that's a big influence for him as well. You know, there, yeah. a lot of his stuff is like that. For fuck's sakes, he completed the Three Mothers trilogy from Dario when it looked like we weren't going to have it completed. Luigi Ocosi just went ahead and made his own to be oh, the, well, third, that's cool. the third mother. Yeah, like he just, just, just you know, as an ultra fan thing to do. You know, he did. He made his own. I think that was released as like uh, the Black Cat or something like that. Yeah. Which um, Luigi Cozy's the Black Cat or De Profondis or something like that. There's a bunch of different titles, but that's all I'm getting at here is that's why the director's in there. And then what that guy said is Luigi Cozy speaking to us as the audience like, hey, we don't got a lot of money. We got a lot of problems on this set. We're just going to get weird. Here we go. Let's have fun with this movie. I think that's what <laughs> he's doing. Well, uh, the drummer dude, he goes off to find the mannequins and he sees Rita, the girl who was just killed dressed in white. He follows her, but he keeps losing her. So he's just now generally looking around. Well, then he finds this red glowing hourglass in this really weirdly lit room. And while he's investigating it, he's attacked by the killer. So now the group, we get to the group, and they're looking for both these people now. Now they're all kind of getting a little nervous. Uh, the lady who owns the castle, she shows the group the weird lit room. She's like, that. she just found it, and she says she never had it like this. And they find the guy's ashes, because they it's his ashes, because they find his ring in there, in with the ashes. Um, when you say the guy, what guy? Who the did guy you- who went to find the mannequins was the drummer who originally went to go buy the music sheet from Dr. Loomis. Okay, so he bought the music sheet. He is the drummer, and yep. the director sent him like a production assistant to go looking for mannequins. That's right. All right, just wanted to make sure. I was a little lost there for a second in your description. Not a problem. Uh, just then, Kate, the lead singer, she falls through the ground. And as the filmmaker, director, he tries to grab her, but he gets his hand all sorts of fucked up uh, trying to grab for her. Then we see this green light comes from the hole, and there's this horrible noise that's causing the entire group pain. And that's how we end that 20 minutes. So some really exciting shit happens in that 20 minutes. A lot of action, not a lot of uh, not a lot of talking on that one. And like we were talking about earlier in my little bit of a diatribe that I just did, Luigi Okozi's uh, surrogate looked directly at us and said, let's add a touch of the weird. Yeah. <laughs> the movie went ahead and added a touch of the weird. Uh, the ground it really op- did. The, the ground opening up and that hole opening up in the ground, I was shocked that that happened. I'm like, where the fuck did they get the money for that? I- was this set already exists somewhere that they did that and i was just shocked because it came out of nowhere <laughs> yeah well yeah that the surprise of it but like after the surprise of that wore off then i was looking at it i'm like holy shit that looked pretty decent is that where they spent all the money yeah <laughs> like where, where did this hole come from what why you know like i just it creates a whole bunch of questions all at once about what it is their motivations are and it's an italian film so sometimes those questions will never get answered like why did that hole open up will that have anything pertaining to the story later on don't hold out too much hopes that it's going to make a whole bunch of sense because it is an italian film yes exactly um so anyway uh we go into the next 20 minutes and one of the girls and the filmmaker they try to escape and they get into a car and they're driving but then they hit almost like a force field and it stops the car suddenly the filmmaker goes through the window and the other girl hits her head and she kind of leaves the car and then the car blows up killing the filmmaker So the three ladies that are left, they run back into the house. 
Uh, they keep hearing screams, and they head back to enter, and now the room, instead of having the weird light, is now looking normal. Uh, they do find the hole still, and the manager, she tries to look through there, can't find anything, so she goes to grab a flashlight. That leaves the other two ladies, the owner of the house and the other female band member left there, and they have a conversation, and that is our next clip. It's too dark, I can't see a thing. I'm going to look for a flashlight. In the kitchen! Too many strange things have happened. Too many things that go beyond logic. I know. But haven't they happened in the past? No. Absolutely not. Never. But you know, this house has always had the reputation of being haunted. Only now I'm afraid that something truly evil has happened. Something monstrous to spark things off like that in my house. Wow. Yeah. So uh, a lot of fears gripping everyone now. Well, a fucking the hole man- opened up in the middle of nowhere and a force field destroyed a car, set it on fire and blew a man up. Yeah. They got really good reason to be fucking worried right now. I- I would be. Uh, (laughs) The uh, manager finds the tunnel and goes down into it and tells the other two to stay behind. Uh, So then she goes crawling through. And there's where we get some padding for what I felt was a a pretty short movie. And didn't know, like, I was like, I don't think it needs this kind of padding. This movie, for only being an hour and 20 some odd minutes, has a lot of padding in it. Yeah, there's a lot of, if they're exploring corridors and if it were done a little more... Just like shot with a little more wide angle and following in a little more closely would probably have a little bit more of a chilling effect and help build suspense. Like, I think the attempt is to build suspense and to creep you out and, you know, go along with these people when they're crawling through the corridors in the the basement area or when they're walking through the hallways and all those kind of moments where it's just a lot of walking. You, if it was shot better, you would get suspense built and everything. And then there's moments where they just hold on things that I think, again, they're trying to do like some suspense, but it just feels like they're just holding on to a shot. And you're just kind of like sitting there like, what? what? What's going on? Uh, you do feel those moments, but luckily I don't think there's a shitload of them. There's just like a handful of them here and there where they're just kind of padding out between the next segment scenes that they're going to be doing major stuff with. Yeah. It's like they had to get 80 minutes, you know, or they had to hit like 70, like over something, 70 yeah, something. They felt like they really need to, you know, they had a, a good quick story, but they felt like they needed to, yeah, get out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like this thing probably could have been like a good 65 70 minutes max and it would have been a nice it, lead it would, flick yeah it would have been great i think it would have been great at that yeah uh i i did feel those moments too but they didn't bother me as much because i got what they were trying to do and i just sat there like trying to figure out how to make the shot work better in my head and so i didn't get as stuck being bored at the padding as you were yeah so um back to the two women and they hear some screaming above them. So the owner lady, she decides she's going to head up and check it out. The other girl stay behind, and her arm is now getting like a weird kind of fungus on it almost. It, it doesn't look good. Um, so uh, then the, uh, the owner lady, she's upstairs, and she's looking around, and she sees Daniel outside uh, of the window. And he waves his finger at her to, to follow him. So we think he's dead, and now all of a sudden he's showing up someplace. So that's weird. <laughs> um, uh, usually not good. Usually that's not, you know, something you want there. Teleporting? Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> you, just, um, you just don't want things randomly teleporting, particularly your would-be murder. Yeah. Well, she runs outside looking for him. Uh, she then uh, hears a dog barking, and then she finds Kate in her empty pool, and that's our next clip. What happened? I don't know. I was walking. And all of a sudden, I fell into this 
damn hole. Then I found myself here. Where are we? In the pool. By my house. Your house? Sylvia, this house is haunted. Please, we've got to get away from it, quickly. It's got a terrible secret. We've got to go. Yes, you're right. We have to at least try. Quickly, quickly, help me. Let's get out of here. Yes, of course. Oh. Let's oh. go find the others. I love the sense of hopelessness that these people all have. And yet, yeah. they're still like, we have to try something. We can't just stay here and Saul. Come yeah. on. You go. You just yeah. try to fucking survive in insurmountable odds. It makes court the sadist feel better. <laughs> Look at you try. Well, no, it was actually giving me a little bit of hope sitting here at the fifth highest infection rate of the entire country, which is at the highest infection rate of the entire world. Hey, stop trying to have hope, all right? <laughs> That's not what this state's about. <laughs> Apparently. Um, <laughs> let's see. So then the uh, the actual the band's manager, she climbs out of the tunnel and is right back where she started. And she doesn't know how that's even possible. Um and then there's a lot of lights and sounds, and she leaves looking the room looking for the others. She's looking around, and generally we're getting a really suspenseful feel to the moment, but she then runs right into Kate and the owner of the house. They don't know where the other girl is, but they find a trail of blood in this weird shit that we saw on that girl's arm. They follow it all the way up, and they uh, and they hear some heavy breathing as they're following it. Uh, they find the other girl, and she is just head to toke, all gross, covered, decomposing or melting or some shit. Then she dies right in front of them in our next clip. This mold, I've seen it before. Where? It's a special fungus that they discovered in the 18th century on logs that were floated along certain European rivers wood that was used to make the most precious violins Guarneris Stradivarius yeah you're right I've heard of this special wood before and it's special sounding violins but uh, what does it have to do with what killed Eleanor I don't know I honest to God don't know but this is the fungus for sure I saw it enlarged in a TV documentary. Listen, a wood fungus can't attack a person just like that in a matter of minutes. When I left her, she was all right. This house was normal when we first arrived, just the day before yesterday. Oh, there's some terrible curse that's out to kill us one by one. All this comes from the music, from the violin. And from Paganini, too. Right. But how can we stop a monster that isn't even part of this world? I know how. What? What did you say, Kate? Yeah. It sounds like a crazy idea. But everything's really strange and crazy tonight. So what the hell? You see... We have to fight the monster with his own tools. Because he came into this house with Daniel's music. So the only way we have to send him to hell is to use it as our weapon. I don't know. What do you say? I don't know. It could be possible if it's really the music that's the key. 
I'm convinced there's some secret behind all this, something that winds it all up. It's something like a mathematical problem, a formula which binds the monster to our world. It's really strange. But mathematics is just like music. Music is five lines and seven circles, the notes. And with those elements, you can get all music. From Bach to Paganini to your songs, Kate. And you know what? The old scientists thought that the universe was founded on a musical structure, which they called the harmony of the spheres. And now, the new scientists, through their enormous radio telescopes, have discovered that the old theories were right. Stars, in their revolutions, make really their own sounds, which are incredible music. But I still say there must be another reason, something specific. All this can't have happened just because someone sold Daniel a score of cursed music. Oh, but you don't think he sold his soul to the devil, do you? No, because Daniel was killed. There must be a hidden secret in here. And we'll find it out playing our music. But how? We're in a complete blackout. Lavinia, you're forgetting that we have a violin. This is where it starts getting really fucking weird. Yeah, and real quick, that's the end of that 20 minutes, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's move into it a little further. Yeah. This is the point where I was feeling some of the padding, and I was really just kind of like, okay, what are we going to do here? How is this going to go? They're all going to get killed one by one, and it turns out that, you know, only one person sold their soul, and they're the only ones that can live with, you know, blah, blah, blah. They'll be famous, you know, because they had to sacrifice the rest of the band. That's where I thought it was going. Then the hole opened up in the ground. And then they went this whole weird cosmic, like, bath and music are the same thing. And scientists have discovered that stars make their own sounds and their own kind of music. And <laughs> therefore, like, if you can control music, you can control the universe. And I'm like, holy fuck, somebody dose me while I'm watching this? <laughs> yeah, man. Like totes <laughs> well and that description that she's giving there uh in the interview in the special features of the blu-ray cozy says something along the lines of he had cut in some things where he was going to include some stuff from his movie star crash and some other pieces like that where he was going to tie all these other worlds of his movies together using you know something some kind of a plot line portion in this film he was going to cut some stuff and make like a sort of shared universe or so he claims and i feel like if he was going to do it he's probably going to do it here in this section where it gets real cosmic and weird yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. he, he, she could have been describing some stuff and had some of that stuff kind of come in and do something really out there and trippy and like i said I don't know. he doesn't have a lot of money so he does a little touch of the weird and it just feels like that's where he would have done it for that yeah i don't know but whoever got to that part of the script when they were writing it just smoked a big fat blunt and then went ahead and wrote that shit <laughs> either that or they genuinely believe like that's the the music and like it's kind of proven you can figure out just about everything you need in the universe with the right amount of math and the right style of math you can calculate and traject just about anything uh that's what science mostly is is calculating and using math to figure out measurements and how they interact and be able to make predictions yeah. You know, there's not much of a difference for that. So, <laughs> hey, listen, I won't take any of this highfalutin learning. All right. Let's stop that. <laughs> so, if music is mathematics, then therefore, you know, it's not that much of a stretch. This little philosophical rant that the movie went on, and I was digging it. I'm like, all right, let's, let's get weird. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. Let's, uh, let's, let's make this happen, man. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I, I was like, you know what? I thought you were giving me another stupid Jello fucking ripoff slasher type movie. Instead, I'm getting this weird cosmic tale in the middle of it that makes. Makes me want to be high. I'm good. Now Let's you're go. Make, now you're making me think. 
<laughs> All right, Luigi Cozy, let's go for it. It's getting weird. Yeah, right? All right, so the final 20. We see that Kate is playing the violin, and the killer is sensing it. She then finishes the song, but nothing changes. They go outside to see if the barrier is gone. Kate tests it, and it seems to be gone, and she looks like she's like, she thinks it's gone, but psych! Gotcha, bitch! It's still there. <laughs> uh, they all have, like, a paperclips moment here where they're all just fucking... I mean, I mean, well, deservedly so. You're pretty much they're almost resigned to die now. They're they're fucking freaking out. Yeah, they tried uh, everything that they could think of, mostly. Yeah. Uh. So then they go back into the house and they confer in our next clip. I still think the music is the key to the problem. What is it that's going wrong? Is it the way we're doing the music? Damn it! Of course. Of course. Why didn't I think of it before? What a jerk. What? All right, when we have the gate open, the music is played normally. So to close the gate, we just have to play the music to the contrary. You play it backwards? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, why didn't I think of this before? Why didn't you, you get it? Word? Would you listen? It's the only way we have to get Paganini and his fucking music out of here. Yes, I mean it, Lavinia. Out of this fucking nightmarish place here. What are we waiting for? Come on, hurry I mean, didn't they do that before where they played the music backwards and something else to make it go away? Um, I think so, but I can't didn't really that remember. In the gate? Wasn't it was it the gate? No. <laughs> they didn't they did, maybe they tried that, but that didn't do it maybe. in the gate. Now I'm starting to think it might be the gate. It's something to close something. Maybe they had to say words backwards or some shit like that. Yeah, they just played know. the record backwards, I thought. Or they recited yeah. the lyrics backwards or some shit. I don't remember. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I think it was the gate. I think playing it backwards opened the gate. Well, what I'm getting at here is this reminds me of the stuff I really dug in the gate that they threw in over yeah. top of this sort of giallo slasher. And there's this whole soldier soul for rock and roll thing that dates back to an ancient composer, Paganini, that they've tied together where they're bringing this piece of lost music for yet another sold soul. I mean, all these different elements coming together right here, and then it's all going to come to the head in this last 20 minutes we're talking about. Yeah. So then uh, Kate starts to play the music backwards but then the sheet music is uh, shocked out of the manager's hands and her hand uh, uh, that's uh, hurting her and then it also flies across the room and then the sheet of music lights on fucking fire. Yeah, and it burns um, the blood where it was on the sheet of music as well, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Then his barrier uh, is thrown up against the manager, almost like a glass barrier and it's blown up against the band's manager and it crushes her to death before blowing up her head all over the other two. That was the best the, part of the movie. That was pretty fucking sweet. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit there? Yeah. So some of the barrier stuff that they were doing before, it was clear that they had a plate glass that people would press up against. And, you know, that was like to show that there was some kind of a weird barrier. Um, yeah. They kind of crashed the car into one, too, although it looks like they already had it crashed. And then they just did some quick cuts to show it smashed up like that. Um, but what they end up doing here is they're basically just pushing plate glass against the person. And then they have some blood tubes working to make it look like they're crushing them. And then more blood pours out 
they're doing blood from various orifices around the head, like at the ears, some of the sockets on the eye and stuff. And then they cut out, show the girls shocked and screaming. And then when they cut back, it's a much smaller head that they do the explosion in. And the head's all fucked up and basically flattened and smashed. And then it explodes. And then they cut again and there's just blood splatter on the girls. So it's like three different setups to do this in that they're cutting back and forth between. Uh, But I got to say, the way that they did the plate glass really worked pretty well. I mean, it was obvious she was pressing up against glass, but it works enough to where if you're willing to just press the I believe button that it's this like invisible force pushing up against her and flattening her like the barrier we saw earlier that happened to the car. It's a really cool idea and it works really, really well. And even though the short shot of the head that you see is very clearly a smaller, not human sized head that's about to explode, it's all done quickly enough. And then they throw a bunch of gore all over the other two girls that it's just so fucking awesome all at once. Like they just throw all of this stuff at you with rapid succession and cuts. And I think it works. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's a fucking, it was a great effect. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And it's um, just the right amount of shocking. Like it sounded yeah. to me like when the floor fall happened, you popped because it scared the shit out of you, which yeah. with me, I was surprised, but it didn't scare me. The head popping scene, like the crushing started really like grating and working on me where I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Cause like the actress was really selling it. And then when yeah. they cut away to the girl screaming and then cut back and the head exploded, I was not expecting that. That caught me completely by surprise and that made me pop. Yeah, that didn't scare me as much as then I got. I, it didn't scare me as much as I love the the gore part of it. So I kind of got a good scare and some gore out of all this. So <laughs> I'm, you know, there's there's not too much you can ask for. Right. I think <laughs> I think the jump scare at the beginning with the falling just didn't work for me because I might have been distracted. Um, and then in this case, I was distracted because I was like, when they cut away to the girls, I was like, oh man, is that it? And then I might have just looked away for a second, and then the pop happened. Like as I was looking yeah. up, and it just caught me. It just might have been the right timing for me. But I really, really felt it. I really dug it and I was really happy. And that was the moment where I completely relaxed and I was really into the story. And I'm like, what are they going to do with everything else? But once that scene happened, I'm like, I don't even care what else they do with this. I'm happy. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, so then, um, Kate sort of passes out from seeing this, of course, and the killer dude walks in and attacks the lady who's the owner of the house. So then we cut to the killer drags Kate's body into like a base case. Isn't that what that was? Yeah, it looked like it was either for a double bass or maybe a cello, but it it was one of those bigger string instruments with the very large lower body. Uh, It might have been a double bass or it might have been a cello, one of the two. Yeah. So, um... Then he start the killer starts playing violin and she wakes up and hears it. And as he plays, um the the case she's in lights on fire and she's screaming on the inside on uh, inside of it to get out. Then six AM hits, the sun comes up and it kills the killer. It melts him away to nothingness. And it leaves like a musical note. Right? Yeah, it's a treble yeah. clef. There's a bass clef yeah, and a treble, treble clef. Yeah. So this it would Ash. Yeah, it, it created a treble clef in Ash, which was kinda cool. Yeah. Yes. And then also the violin he was playing and lights on fire. So then Kate gets out and uh she finds the note symbol there and she starts bashing the living shit out of it. Then she stumbles outside and a car drives up. We see you getting out, it's the owner of the place. And that leads to our final clip. Sylvia. Hmm. You <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> What happened? I I don't understand. It's not difficult, dear. You didn't play the music backwards, did you? 
No. So everything goes round and round in a circle, and the circle holds you prisoner. Hello, Kate. We meet at last. Who are you? Daniel Newman is Mr. Pickett. Pickett? Perhaps I don't have a name. Or perhaps I have a thousand names. Do you understand? What are you doing here? Let's say I'm the organizer of Sylvia Hackett's own private hell. <laughs> own private hell? Sylvia, what is he talking about? It's all very simple, Kate. Many years ago, in this house, I killed my mother by throwing a hairdryer into the tub while she was taking a bath. The night you just lived was the night he punished me for my horrible crime. I have been condemned to relive this experience for all eternity with all new people to punish and play the other parts. You mean that this place is hell? The people who come here have already been condemned. Ah, the new tenants. They can't see us. They're living in another time layer. And so it all starts over again. Good-looking family, aren't they? And considered to be highly respectable. Actually, the only innocent in that nest of vipers is the little girl. We might consider sparing her. You mean you kill the people who come in this house for punishment? And I'm not dead. I'm alive. So I'm not being punished. That means I'm safe. I can go. Apart from one little thing, which I'm sure you've forgotten. You see, Kate, I don't like people who sell their souls. Why would the devil not like people that sell their souls? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's, uh, it seems like something he'd be into. But anyway, Loomis then brings out that dagger you were talking about earlier and stabs and kills our lead singer, Kate, uh, and then sends the woman off to go greet the family. Roll credits. So you're not going to get everything the first time you watch this flick. That much is certain. Unless you sit down like what you did and you took notes of every single thing that happened. I think that's yeah. that that helps you is that you pay that much attention just so you have something yes. to talk about. Uh, this is probably, I think this might have been the second or maybe third time that I've watched this. Now, I've never really paid close attention to it before. It was just something I threw on in the background because I'll freely admit it. I'm kind of, or was at one point in time, pretty prejudiced against Causey. I never really thought much about him or gave him much credit for a lot of the stuff that he did and i sat down and watched this with some of that same like piss poor attitude but also at the same time just opened up and said okay well you got to have something to talk about so sit watch this movie and see what it is that you find that's worth talking about and the more stuff started unfolding and the more i paid closer attention to the things that were going on in the background and the way that they were setting this stuff up and just the general sense of unease that the rock stars had at the very beginning even though things just just weren't quite going right for them until they made this deal. Like it just kind of got to be 
right around the time that Donald Pleasant's character shows up and opens up the case that I'm like, okay, I haven't been given this movie the right kind of shot. You know, like I just yeah. I just kind of realized that like the actors are trying to really make it seem like they're desperate, you know, and I wasn't paying close enough attention to what it is that they're doing. Like, you know, the dialogue just kind of washed over me. It didn't really kind of set in. But this time when I'm watching it, I became extremely aware and really felt like they're going to lose their record contracts and this life that they thought they were going to have is about to disappear on them and they're all super desperate so that when they go and make this deal and they buy this sheet of music it literally is like their last chance and like they're literally gonna do anything for fortune and fame and yeah the movie doesn't come right out and show you that but the way that they're being badgered by their producer the way that they all look flustered and they just don't know what they're gonna do and it's just clear that their poppy style of music just ain't cutting it because it sounds too much like you give love a bad name <laughs> yeah right and not enough like their own stuff you know so it, it really works for me this time around kind of watching it like I feel like there's a lot more subtle stuff that got woven into the story and that the actors are actually working to do that than what I had given it credit for uh, by the time we get to the house and they start doing some of the other stuff the way that it does that sort of dream transition it just makes you feel like how much of this is her damned soul at the end of the movie reliving the same time over and over again like in then that moment in the studio where they're all uneasy and they're just starting all over again and their song sucks like I was thinking to myself are they somewhat aware of what's happening like on a deeper existential dread level like that they're all just going back and they're going to do this again and that everybody that goes to this house is cursed to that same thing and that this house is specifically a gateway for your looped pain and torment of your afterlife that you deserve either from selling your soul or from just being a bad person and this is just where the devil collects you and stores you like it's just a section of hell like how aware of some of these people that are stuck in these cycles because they eventually become aware of other people that are about to get stuck in the same cycle you know and yeah like how many layers deep are we in the inception of this Paganini horror you know what I mean right <laughs> like because well, I... Paganini actually shows up at one point and is actually doing some of the killing and it's like yeah. him reliving his nightmare in this house over and over again of having to gut his girlfriend and well yet... if it's hell it's eternal right but but like at some point your loop starts yeah. So what round of loop were we for these musicians? Or I bet we're first round loop here. I'd like to think that we're not. Because their music is still fucking modernized for the time. Right. But I'd like to actually think that we're not. Like, just, he yeah. just hear me out here, right? All right. These musicians sold their soul. And I don't think that we're like decades or centuries going on and on of their torment because time in eternity, I don't think works the way that we know time. Time is like Jeremy Barramy, you know, it goes all over the place and then comes back around on itself. It's a Jeremy Barramy, yeah. like from the good place uh, <laughs> or timey wimey <laughs> from Doctor Who, if you'd prefer. Yeah. Uh, Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Right. So like our concept of time doesn't work the way that we think it would in like this eternal loop kind of thing. And it probably doesn't loop the way that we think it does either. All a loop has to do is come back around where it started. Yeah. So my thought is they're getting on point for the loop. They've already sold their souls before they're recording that session that's not going well. And that's just part of the torment just to make them relive that feeling. And Maybe. And that's where she's going to, that's basically what's going to end up happening is she's going to be falling asleep after recording that session and thinking that everything's going to be okay. And then she's going to wake up in the house again. And we're just going to, that's what the loop basically is, is that session. I think she's going to sleep at her apartment. She's already at the house. They're making the video. And and we just go all through it again, you know, like, and it's just like this constant hell loop that everybody's supposed to be in. 
And I feel like this is not the first time around for the band because when they're in that recording session, I really do get this sense of like just hopelessness and dread in all of them this time around. Maybe I'm just putting it there. I'm projecting it because I was paying attention and I was thinking about the way that it loops back in on itself more this time. Maybe. I don't know. But I feel like if you watch it with that thought in mind that maybe this is like, you know, their second third, fourth time through, and maybe they're starting to realize that they're stuck, you know, because eventually they all become self-aware of it. Like, maybe they're just starting to realize that they're stuck and they all look like they are just terrified at the beginning of this. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah. It just, well, it, I mean, it blew my mind to make, think that. Yeah. I mean, that would be a mind fuck to realize that this isn't the first time. Wouldn't it be something if they constantly changed the genre of music on them? <laughs> right. Like, 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 maybe this all started and they were fucking country music singers and then it, now and then it went to like maybe they were classically trained and now it went to fucking rock and roll well i mean they might not even be rock and roll musicians they may just be musicians that got in with the pagnini thing shortly after yeah. he did you know what that i mean that would be really freaky if they would have included something like that well, that you know just snap her right back to once again recording and freaking out about losing her livelihood and all that kind of shit that would be something. Yeah, well, they could have done something along those lines at the very end of the film here if they really wanted to make it a true loop that that's what they were stuck in, where we go back to the song, because the song ends, the the end credits is the same fucking song at the beginning that they're yeah. recording that like doesn't do good enough. So I think that's what they should have done to really drive that home, that she's stuck in this loop, is that they're doing that song, and she just basically starts singing the song while she's in the booth, and then that rolls the credits, and then they get that same sense of them all being terrified. And it's like the same thing from the beginning they just play it again and you see that they're terrified only maybe this time they're more terrified this time through because we get to see the next loop <laughs> yeah right you, you know what i mean like and they're just getting more of a sense of what's happening to them i don't know it's it's a really trippy really weird surrealistic film and this so far has been my favorite thing i've seen that luigi ukazi has done since i've given it a chance to kind of open my mind and i've been doing that more with some of the italian films that i was more plaze on and just kind of not really giving a chance because I'm like, oh, it's this director. You know, if you just kind of sit back and just just let the movie speak for itself for a minute and see what it's going to do and give it a shot. Sometimes you'll pleasantly surprise yourself because I did with this one and I really enjoyed it. This is going to be my favorite cozy film. If you guys think there's another one out there that's better, hit me up with some titles. I'd like to get that conversation going. What is a better Luigi Cozy film than this? Yeah, there you go. I mean, but I enjoyed this film. Um, I'm much like you. I'm, I was into the trippy story of it. Uh, uh, you know, I was in to the few jump scares that we had that actually got me and then uh i thought it had some nice level gore for you know being probably on a limited budget so um good all-around flick i like it like i said uh I, I i there was some padding nothing too badly they took me out of anything i think mo mainly when the lady when the manager's crawling around in those tunnels I, I i know i'm supposed to be all suspended you know it's all supposed to be so suspenseful but i really didn't feel it um but other than that i thought it was a great movie uh i enjoyed it i think they spent too much time following her instead of being ahead of her and seeing her trying to struggle through the tunnels they could have done a really good job of showing just how hopeless it is for her to get through the tunnels but we were following her yeah too much and it just didn't work <laughs> yeah yeah but other than that, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it had a good story to it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I honestly wasn't even thinking about 
how long we were taking in the tunnels because the rest of the stuff I was still trying to trip out, you know, and yeah. be like, man, is, how many times has she had to go through these tunnels? Is she cognizant here that this is just something it, that she has to do and then she's hiding it from everybody else because this is like their second or third time through and she doesn't want to get in trouble, you know? <laughs> this this be a weird movie to watch if you're super, super high. <laughs> it was. I mean, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting through the pandemic somehow, Matt. Some of us. Yeah, are, we have to. Uh, some of us are shooting Kratom between our toes. Hey, listen, I tell you to stay out of my personal fucking affairs, all right? Not to announce them. <laughs> oh, right. You. That's who I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> While we try to decipher which one of us is doing hillbilly heroin and which one of us is doing weird <laughs> shit they bought in a gas station, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play the Corrupted Youth promo. We'll have a little bit more music that I yanked right out of Paganini Horror. When we come back, we'll do some PSYOP news. Taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness. Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle. interesting score um there's some really weird odd choices that listening to it outside of the film you're kind of trying to picture where it was in the film (laughs) but yeah this i don't know like i really dug this track i thought it was kind of cool and using an electronic instrument in the 80s to do a score took some more chances than some of the other ones you know where they all tried to sound like john carpenter kind of (laughs) yeah and really tried to make something orchestral at the same time just totally being cool with the fact that they're all electronic instruments and they're not going to make it sound like the real thing so let's just have fun with it again let's get weird you know (laughs) cozy's thing yeah let's just get weird (laughs) yeah well why don't we get weird and give me some psyop This 
comes from Darren. Our boy Darren from Psycho Semantic Cast, also known as the Psycho Semantic Podcast. Yes. Uh, drunken groin shooting and bar fight have nearly half a Wisconsin police force on leave. I knew you were going to grab this for multiple reasons. Dude shooting himself in the crotch being foremost. That's that's the foremost thing. Of course I'm going to grab this. I mean, come on. <laughs> what, that's I'm already that's getting the arrested. only thing I to do. I might as well grab this guy's dick. Well, there you go. Well, nearly half of a small town Wisconsin police department has been on leave since a bar fight and the drunken shooting of a man's groin official say old cops the are city, bumbling dummies the city of Moston, a town of about 4,400 people northwest of madison released details tuesday about why four of ten officers haven't been on the job for over a month go jerk off in a petri dish what <laughs> i don't know how that's gonna help go jerk off in a petri dish i don't know how that's gonna help why are you doing this because i like abuse and free drugs Okay, well, that's true. So on Tuesday, Sergeant Michael Sturick was charged with felony reckless endangering safety and misdemeanor offenses of operating a firearm while intoxicated and endangering, and endangering safety by use of a dangerous weapon, according to a news release. Old cops are um, bumbling dummies. In late August, Sturick was drinking with another man and consumed about 12 beers, fucking pansies, when they started looking at his guns, police say. Ooh, is Sturick, that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? Who said, his, uh, who said he's a fires arm instructor, removed a pistol from a safe, and was shocked when it went off, police say. America's he, a bunch of cunts. He told an investigator he didn't have his booger picker on the bang switch. I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. When the gun fired. The hell with the Jargon police? that means he didn't have his finger on the trigger, according to the criminal complaint. The bullet pierced through the man's groin and lodged in his thigh, which required surgery. My dick and balls are worth a lot more than $60. Sturick told the investigator he was attempting to clear the gun when it was fired. And a we're city back of, to dicks. A city official declined to identify the person who was shot, but a news release says a second officer involved in the incident won't be charged. It's going to cost you some serious cock. An internal investigation has underway to determine whether the officers will keep their jobs. Early in August, two different off-duty officers got in a fight with patrons at a local bar, officials said, that led to charges of disorderly conduct and battery against Officer Brian Rabe and administ administrative leave for another officer, the city said. The hell with the police. Within, uh, with the four officers on administrative leave for weeks, the police department has relied on neighboring agencies to provide help, the Genoa County Star Times has reported. America has so. a bunch of cunts. Ah, just get drunk, take a gun out of a safe, shoot a guy in the fucking groin. That's like fucking Dick Cheney level of being an asshole. I'm pretty sure they got in an argument. The one guy got shot, but they're keeping that thin blue line between them, even though one dude got shot in the crotch. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, duh. Right. Or they really were fucking around. They really are that drunk. And the guy did accidentally shoot him in the dick. Or maybe probably, it wasn't even, I'm guessing it was either intentional and the guy's still helping him cover it up. Or it was completely accidental and there's more at play here that they're trying to cover up. Yeah. Right. That's what I think, too. I think I think he maybe they weren't even an argument, but he just fucking I think he took out and was like, 
so drunk. He was like, look at this. And then he probably forgot it was loaded and just pulled the trigger and it just went kablooey. I don't know if he forgot it was loaded or maybe just when he was taking it out of there, it got stuck on the holster in some way, shape or form because he is a drunk idiot. Or maybe he was pulling it out of the holster and his thumb was in there. Who even knows? He was just he was just pulling it just to pull it. Uh, We already have a clip for that. Pulling it just to pull it. Yeah. Pulling it just to pull it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some shady shit going on on that. That's for sure. No, definitely. Definitely some shady. Well, I mean, if it's cops, it's shady shit. Or they're covering for their quote unquote brothers in blue. So that means they're not, you know, so everyone's like, oh, they're good cops out there. No, they're not because they're covering up for the bad ones. Uh, the soapbox so is em. a little rickety there. You're going to break it. Uh, you want to climb down off that? All right, I'm coming down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do another shit. news story. All right. Uh, how about this from Vila? Uh, LNI accuses former Cooley City Police Chief of saying she couldn't work because of an accident with a corpse, then posing as a pinup. Wait, what? Yeah. This is like traces of death fucked to porno. That's the closest I could come with that. And I'm advocating corpse fucking here. <laughs> after, after a corpse fell on the former Cooley City Police Chief's head in 2012, she claimed to be overlooked. She claimed workers' compensation, but an investigation by Washington State Department of Labor and Industries alleges she was really working as a pinup model during that time. Brenda Lynn Cavaretto, 47, was charged with two counts of making false or misleading statements to collect more than $67,000 in worker compensation benefits. Vagina smells like dead body. While police chief in 2012, Corvetto was called to the scene of a suicide where a domestic violence suspect had hanged himself in a barn. A news release from LNI says, as... Cavaretto was attempting to remove the body, the 285-pound corpse fell on her head. Shortly after, Cavaretto began working as a police officer in Soap Lake until May 2013. The loving three-way with a corpse? When she began receiving wage replacement payments I make money at, at from vocational my services from LNI for lingering effects from the corpse incident. Two years later, she began seeing a psychologist who determined she was suffering from depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, according to the news release. Caravetto uh, told her psychologist she was having nightmares and could not leave her house. In spring 2019, Cavaretto's case manager from LNI requested an investigation, noting she had been receiving mental health treatment for four years without any improvement. The LNI investigation found that from 2015 to 2020, uh, Cavaretto had been photographing pinup models, organizing pinup pageants, and was photographed herself. She used the name Tough as Nails and the Black Widow Betty while dressing up in sexy clothes and posing in a style of actresses during World War II, the LNI news release says. Okay, what's wrong with her doing this specifically for the LNI? That's what I'm concerned about. This is where I'm getting interested. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Cavaretto posted on social media in 2015 that she had appeared as a model and a photographer in 52 publications, including three magazine covers and calendars, charging paper said. She even licensed a modeling event and photography business with the Washington State Department of Revenue in 2015 called Annabella Beringer. Cavaretto also ran up a uh, also ran a nonprofit group, Electric Pinup Dolls, that raised money for veterans, firefighters, and law enforcement. Her husband also publishes Electric Pinup Magazine. 
from all accounts so far it sounds like she's doing like good stuff yeah whereas this like unless she is getting benefits she's not entitled to because the income from this magazine is too much for the benefits what what does this have to do with anything Alan I says uh, Cavaretto told a crowd at a bar and grill in Sultan, Washington in 2019 that electric pinup dolls had become a full-time job with the group raising $20,000 in 2018. Cavaretto is set up to be arraigned on Monday in Olympia. Maybe they're saying because like she was still claiming benefits, even though she now had a replacement full-time job. Yeah, I guess that's, that's what it is. Like, it's, if it's an unemployment compensation because of her injury, she can't do this. You know, like because of her injury, she can't work is the, is the thing. And then they're saying, well, no, you've been doing this work all along. You clearly are working. Yeah. Right. But she can't yeah. do a physical job. Maybe photography is just something that she can do because her body isn't that fucked up. Like, I don't see what the problem is other than she's probably she's working and she said that she wasn't. So that's where the fraud comes in. Maybe that's the only thing I can think that they would have. Right. Man, I hope I hope she gets off of this. Sounds like she's doing good stuff. So, <laughs> right. Like I was intrigued because I'm like, okay, a cop got injured on the job, and then now yeah. they're in trouble. But like, none of this sounds like it's something that's all that bad. And yeah, it's nothing malicious. Right. And if she's got some kind of a payout comp because she can't work, then and she's actually working, then their whole thing is, well, she's working. This is enough money. We shouldn't have to pay anymore. She owes some of this back. That yeah. that I can see they might have some kind of a grievance with. Sure. But if it's yeah, exactly. But if it's like a claim where where there's a certain injury and she gets paid because she couldn't do that job and that injury is still debilitating from that job she still should get some kind of medical or mental health benefit from it too yeah i mean i don't know i don't know what the big deal is give her the fucking money let her let her do what she wants to do <laughs> fucking corpse fell on her head give her some money yeah a fucking murder a fucking you know domestic abuser fucking corpse alleged so, domestic abuser we don't, yeah we don't know the whole story behind that other than there was some suspect there that, yeah. that's all that story said but an alleged it was sus yeah it was sus. an alleged domestic violence abuser and a confirmed suicide victim yes. fell on her head <laughs> A 285-pound one, so it's not like, you know, a small one either. <laughs> yeah, it's like a quart and a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's the Psyop News. Jesus, that was even weirder. Like, I ran out of clips on that one because I'm like, wait, this isn't funny. This, this yeah, is going, that's this, fucking... This, this is causing sympathy for a former police officer, and I don't like it. I know. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> is it help that... She she's now a, a pinup girl. Uh, the fact that she was helping out some disabled veterans and doing some other things yeah. actually that kind of helps. So yeah, I'm I'm okay with yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> On that slightly more upbeat note, we're gonna end the yeah. show here. So we're gonna play the ending Legion promo. We'll have a little bit more music that is right out of stealing from Bon Jovi and Pagnini. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll close out the show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, 
Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. That's a that's enough of that. It's just giving love a bad name. (laughs) If you'd like to find other instances where Bon Jovi was mentioned on this show, good luck, because I have no fucking clue. But I don't think that happens. (laughs) Well, if it did happen on one of the previous 270 episodes that we've done of this fucking thing, you're gonna find it on our main landing and launching page, legionpodcasts.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. That's our main landing and launching page right there on Legion. We also have our Facebook group where it seems like a lot of you crazy fuckers are out there making a lot more memes. Holy shit. Chris Mounts comes out of the corner swinging with all sorts of fucking memes from the past listens he's been catching up on fucking deranged motherfuckers with these fucking memes i love it (laughs) yeah it's been a pleasure this last month to see you guys stepping up your meme games there it's been a lot of fucking fun and of course i've been repurposing a lot of memes for the people on our instagram account cinema underscore psyops they're not your memes people they're our memes both Matt and I are on Facebook as Court PsyOps and Matt PsyOp. You got feedback to us, PsyOpMatt at gmail.com. You can also send to me, CinemaPsyOpsCourt at gmail.com. If you want a response, you're going to have to send it to me because Matt barely even responds to texts from me. I mean, why would I? I'm always convinced somebody's like just trying to, you know, uh, I'm just convinced like it's not an actual person messaging me because who would want to talk to me? It's just my own neuroses. Don't worry about it. (laughs) All right. Well, other places that Matt cannot be reached is on Twitter, which is at PsyopMatt. And I am at Court underscore PsyOp there on the hate-filled shitfest that we will know as Twitter. That doesn't cause anxiety or nothing. (laughs) Twitter or referring to something as a hate-filled shitfest? Twitter. Just Twitter. (laughs) I'm barely fucking on it anymore. I gotta just back off of all social media. I already mentioned our Instagram. That's pretty much still my favorite. I like scrolling through that, seeing all those nice photos of people with bodies that I'll never be able to have in one way, shape, or form or another. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys know what I mean, and I think you do. 
Yeah, if nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody gets what I'm talking about here. I won't be able to have <laughs> that kind of body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if you're out there comfortable in your own skin and completely happy with who you are inside, keep that shit to yourself. The rest of us are fucking miserable, but kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Start recording on your side. We've already wasted enough time waiting for those fucking clips. And I am recording. One, two, three. All right. So you did the Paganini horror, right? Yep. All right. Well, at least we got that going right for us this week. Yeah. yeah. We got the right movie. I mean, I don't even remember. When was the last time? Did we, does that ever happen to us? Uh, not since I started doing the scheduling document. That's why I did it. So that yeah, I, have I think that maybe once so before. Before we we fucked up and watched the wrong movie. <laughs> no, it was um, I changed the list and then you didn't realize it, so I just hurried up and watched the other movie like right before we were ready to record that same night. Oh yeah, there you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's just get this shits going. Right. Or maybe you're all washed up already. Finished. I'm not finished, and I'm gonna show you. Hey, it's real clear that you overloaded your input when you recorded these. There was distortion at the clips of, like, at the top of every loud noise. I don't think so. I think that's just, I don't know, man, because I didn't do anything different than I usually do. Maybe the movie was just louder than what you normally had set before when you had whatever volume set at, but you can hear it like that. Yeah. If you are recording it and you're listening to it while you're recording it and you hear that, you just need to turn down your input just a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit until that crackle goes away. I gotcha. Yeah, I think it's weird because then the clip would go to normal. So it's almost like, yeah, I don't know. They just had some loud inputs there that were just weird. Yeah, I think this was just the louder fucking movie than what you may have had set before. Maybe your laptop volume out was just a little too loud. Who knows? But that's yeah. that's if you hear that again, be mindful of that. That's what that was. Gotcha. Was the this manager the debut of, of the violin with the blade in it? Was that what he was stabbing her with, or was it just a regular knife? I it was just a regular knife. Okay. that's That hasn't shown up yet. Yeah. I kind of wish that that would have been in the movie more. Yeah, right? That was kind of cool. Like, I feel like if you were going to go with the whole Paganini's murdering, Paganini's murdering ghost, he should have a violin with a blade on it. Yeah. Just because it's cool. <laughs> It's stupid Just and impractical, come on. but it's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's let's keep going. Sorry. Yes, that's right.
if you're out there comfortable in your own skin and completely happy with who you are inside, keep that shit to yourself. The rest of us are fucking miserable, but kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> Somebody fucking says it the way it should be. All right, I've stopped recording on my end.